0: Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction, brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Offsite Construction Expo, sponsored by the Modular Building Institute. Visit offsiteconstructionexpo.com today to join industry speakers, exhibitors, and attendees for the next Virtual Expo of 2020, this time aimed at the East Coast and Mid-Atlantic regions on November 18th. Now anyone can attend for only $199. Register today at OffsiteConstructionExpo.com. Welcome, everyone. My name is John McMullen, and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today, I'm joined by R.C. Alley, partner at AO Architects in Los Angeles. R.C. is here to talk about designing for modular construction and, in particular, how modular buildings are a perfect solution for the nation's affordable housing dilemma. R.C., thanks for being on today. Thank you, John, for inviting me. Tell me about yourself, R.C. What got you interested in architecture, and how long have you been designing?
1: Well, um, I'm a second-generation architect. Uh, my uh, father practiced in Chicago. He worked for me, van Der Rohe. so I was always around architecture. Even though they moved to New Mexico, which is where I was born and raised, he uh, I've always been around uh, architecture, and particularly around more contemporary, mid-century modern uh, buildings. So it was just uh, something that was uh, seeded in in, in me from the get-go. I would say I also have—that's kind of what my ingrained skills are, my skill sets are. I don't know if I could do anything other than being an architect. Hmm. Um, That's just because that's just how I'm I'm wired.
0: Gotcha. And so tell me about uh, AO. You're based just outside of Los Angeles, is that right?
1: Yes, we're in actually uh, Orange County, which is about 30 miles south of Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, we have been around, the firm was founded in 1974 by my partner, Jack Selman. He's still uh, the senior partner here. Uh, it was him and another, another gentleman. Uh, there were two of them. And they started the firm initially as a retail firm. Huh. And as it grew, and we're, and we're located actually in the city of Orange, uh, which is central Orange County. And as the firm grew, they added discipline. So they went from retail and they started doing industrial work, started doing then larger retail projects. Uh, we do factory outlet center work all around the world now. Um, we're about uh, 270 people um, in size, and we are the largest firm in Orange County. Um, of the 270 people, about 130 of them are in my team, which is the multifamily and mixed-use team. And uh, we are, uh, we're very busy. Uh, it's, it's interesting, we, my team started um, with me. I had been here working uh, for the retail division. I left, I came here in, in 1989. I left for a couple of years and I came back. I, I went to a firm where I learned multifamily. I came back here to do one apartment project. So the multifamily division at that time was me. I would hmm. design them. I would go do the drawings on them and I would do the field work on them. And as we continue to grow and, uh, you know, we're, we evolved uh, as a firm, but even as, as a group, my whole team evolved. And so now we do we do work all over the western U.S. That's what my team does, just because we like to limit our travel time. But I have partners that do work all around the world.
0: That's, a, that's quite a bit of growth. That's impressive. Um, so, so has AO been designing modular buildings for a long time, or, or is that a relatively new avenue for you?
1: Well, it's something that we've been keenly interested in, um, in particular between the multifamily team and our hospitality team for more than 10 years. Um, It's been part of our think tank um, efforts, and so I'd say 10 10 years years or more we've been interested in it. But our real project, our first project that uh, solidified was about six years ago on the hospitality side where we built a a project in Hawthorne, which is uh, just south of L.A., the other thing that's that's interesting is, is because my team does a lot of affordable housing, we have uh, relationships with affordable housing groups, and in particular, uh, the Pacific Companies um, is, is one of our main clients. That's uh, led by a gentleman named uh, Caleb Roop, and he has a particular interest in uh, modular projects. He's been doing them for more than 15 years, um, and so – it was a great marrying of, of his interest in modular and affordable projects and our interest in modular and affordable projects. So he really gave us our first significant opportunity to do modular projects. What was interesting uh, with working with him is he's very passionate about it to the point where he has built his own modular uh, factory now, Autobol, um up in Idaho. Hmm. So we've had a lot of, uh opportunity to be very involved in developing the systems and the design parameters um, that are uh, that are coming out of his factory right now
0: cool cool well he sounds uh, sounds like a great future guest I'll have to I'll have to find a way to track him down uh, what, what I are, think it would be a good one for you <laughs> thank you uh, what, what are the advantages you see in designing for modular construction
1: so there's a bunch of them um, you know, a lot of them have to do with speed, speed to market, um, weather conditions, if you're building in an environment that has a short, short uh, duration uh, for um, the summer months, like maybe Idaho, for instance. Um, but we're really seeing them um, on the affordable project. If there are labor challenges with just labor constraints in the market, um, it really helps alleviate some of those challenges. Um and so we're, we're very, uh, very optimistic about the continued evolution and acceptance of modular projects in the market.
0: For those unfamiliar, is designing for modular much, much different than designing for traditional buildings?
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's very, very different. I would say, first of all, it, it takes a very disciplined approach. Um, to 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 really design it, you have to really understand the technology behind the the product. You have to understand if you're doing, the, um, you have to understand what the constraints are in the factory in terms of length. You have to understand the all the challenges with trans, transporting the modules, how the buildings are assembled. Um, it really you have to really be committed to it, and that's what I really tell clients right off the bat. If you're going to do a modular project, first of all, you need to understand it, which means you need to, you know, you need to, to walk some projects. You need to go to the factory and understand what those are about, mm-hmm. and understand even, you know, just even some of the utilitarian aspects of it. Um, but you you ha- and if you're committed, you really have to be committed to do it. You you know, if you're if you're doing a podium project, of course that's field built. The, the podium component has to be built in the field. But everything above it can be modular. So if you're going to do it, I tell clients, if you're going to do a modular project, you have to really be committed to do it modular. You can't do it partially modular and partially field-built, especially in the areas that it could actually be built in a factory.
0: So I'm going to switch gears on you uh, just a little bit. I know affordable housing is a big uh, interest of yours. What can you tell me about the housing situation in L.A.? Boy,
1: that's a, that's a good question. Um LA is its own animal, of course. Um, you know, right now there's about you know if you any of the any of the information you read tells you that there's a, a housing shortage in LA of four to five hundred thousand units. Um, there's you know significant challenges with, with uh, homeless and, uh, and you know just just a need for housing in general. So there's a big demand there, and there's also a, you know a, there's certainly a large desire to do housing in LA. But it's just challenging. It's, in uh, California, some things have, have occurred over the last year or several years that have really helped push housing projects forward, especially affordable housing, which is what a lot of our modular projects are. You know, the Senate bill, Senate bill SB 1818, which is state density bonus law. There's Senate bill 330. Um, and that's uh, really the Housing Crisis Act of 2019. There's a Senate bill, um, uh, I'm sorry, Assembly Bill 2345, uh, which is to alleviate housing shortages. There's a whole ton of, um, of, of Senate bills and, and Assembly bills that are really designed to help with housing in, primarily in more urban locations. Um, so we're starting to see a, a very significant Interest in modular projects in, in LA and mostly again on the affordable side
0: So so why have you decided to focus so much of, of your time on affordable housing?
1: Well uh, a bunch of reasons um, First of all um, It's just we think it's good business to be diverse. So we don't just do affordable housing. We do rate housing we do student housing we do senior housing and um, So all of those within kind of the multifamily arena. Um, But affordable housing is something that's very um, interesting to me, you know, for a lot of reasons. Part of it is, you know, just giving back uh, as part of it. Um, And so we have really, you know, we've always had the idea that we can can design and build affordable projects that from the perimeter and from the outside look no different than the uh, luxury housing project right next door to it. And we take great pride in that. We've done um, some very fantastic projects uh, up in Oakland and San Jose that are just coming online right now. Um, that are affordable projects um, in Oakland. Uh, They're modular and affordable, and San Jose will be mo- modular and affordable as well. But it's just it's a passion of mine and my team. So we've we've been very fortunate to have some just great opportunities and just great clients who are who who have the desire to build. Very nice, affordable projects.
0: Well, I have to imagine that's a very welcome thing in LA right now. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, what what challenges have you faced with the affordable housing projects you've worked on?
1: There are lots of challenges. Um, I think probably one of the big ones that we initially run into,
0: especially if we're doing
1: an affordable project in a city that that's really never had affordable projects, or in the past may have even had roadblocks up for. Or multifamily projects um, in their entirety. Um, You know the cities; they're just not experienced at it. So they're either you know concerned and afraid. What is an apartment, or what is a what is a affordable project going to look like? Because they think back to the projects that may have been built affordable projects were built thirty or forty years ago, and those projects weren't designed to the quality of of projects that we're doing today. And so they you know they look historically at, at older projects as a kind of a yardstick when in reality what we're proposing and doing are, are, are very different animals from that. Um, so that's a challenge from the entitlement standpoint. Then you know, even as I just talked about some of the assembly bills and Senate bills, those are very specialized, and most cities don't have a firm grasp on those, and what the the entitlement rights um, that our developers have by utilizing the, the, those, uh, the state laws. And um, so there's always an educational process. And, and then, you know, they, and of course, they're very concerned, what does it look like? And, you know, again, we can design a project that has just a fantastic – you know, it has a high-quality, fantastic-appearing, aesthetically pleasing project. And once we've seen that the cities – once they start to see what we're, what we're doing – and they start to realize, wow, actually it is really going to be a great project, and nobody's going to, nobody's going to really understand, know that it's an affordable project. Uh, that really lessens the, you know, the resistance that we get. You know, one of the things in California that's been a big a help to us are the RENA, the RENA numbers, the Regional Housing Needs Assessment numbers, uh, where, the, where the state has assigned a certain number of units that have to be built, new units that need to be built in cities. And most cities are not meeting those uh, those standards currently. So, because of that, that has uh, that, that has opened doors to cities that in the past would have just said, "No, we don't want that project."
0: So, in 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 hearing this answer and, and the past couple of answers, uh, it, it seems you know very clear. You value good design. You you have a diverse portfolio from a, from a modular design perspective what makes an affordable multi-housing project different than a more expensive project
1: you know it's interesting it's a lot of it is program so um, an affordable project multi-family housing project will have some because of the the state density bonus laws and assembly bills laws um, will have a lower parking ratio for instance and by utilizing those laws you can you know there are you may not have as much open space or your setbacks may be slightly, slightly um, tighter, but those are really are very minor and generally very cosmetic and are not, not very, not very obvious. Um, if we're doing our job right, again, as I said earlier, a project, a project, if it was sitting next to a, a market rate project, should, um, should look different. I mean, it should, it, it should be, it aesthetically should be very similar to it you know and and some of the probably maybe the bigger changes or maybe again some of the programming or or some of the the finishes inside the units the units are going to be a little bit smaller but they're still super livable and that's something that we really focus on on any project and you know the modules that we have that we've developed uh, with uh, with Caleb's company we we've modeled those three things three dimensionally, walked through them, so we really understand how the spaces work. So even though it's tighter, it still you know it still can be furnished well. It still has all the appliances and everything that, is, that a standard uh, market rate project would have. But it may be a, the unit may be a little bit smaller. Some of the some of the amenities may not you know be as significant. It may not have like a bowling alley like the, <laughs> like the the market rate project would have or a or a pool on the roof. But it you know but other than some of the, the the amenities and some of the interior finishes they're very very similar
0: gotcha what uh, what inspires you when you're designing
1: wow um a lot of things um I think first of all is context you know most of these projects most of the projects we're working on are in more urban locations and some of them are very highly visible so they may be on a site that that was overlooked because it's adjacent to a freeway or it has close proximity to a rail line so all of those things to me are positives because it gives me some context to pull from so how can I do a project that along the freeway is just is is really responds to the traffic patterns that are that are flowing adjacent to it Um, again it's got to look rich but and bold a lot of them are gateway projects to cities. And so the cities are very, very uh, interested in what they're going to look like. So mm-hmm. we, we just finished an affordable project that was the gateway to the city of Santa Ana. And it has a fantastic mural on it. So you're driving, it's right next to the freeway, but you drive into the city and it's an A project. You would, again, would never know it was an affordable project. And it's got a mural that's Forty feet tall and twenty feet wide, and it's it you know it's so it's you know you know the again the context really uh, really inspires me. But I also say, understanding the technology of modular projects, how do I use the parameters of it? You know, it's of a modular unit, for instance, and how do I create an interesting building with a really articulated facade and you know, it's understanding. The, you know, again, how does how does this technology of the modular uh, project product work, so that you can do something that's very interesting? And we're, it's, I, I, find it very challenging, and, and
0: you know, it's and, and very enjoyable. Is there a recent project that you're particularly proud of?
1: Absolutely. Um, there's a project that we're doing right now called Virginia Studios, and it's in uh, it's being installed right now. Um, it's in San Jose. And it's it was a very, it, it, kind of how I just described to you. It was a, it was a little triangular piece. that was between a freeway and an off ramp and two adjacent streets. So it was a, you know, there was it had hair all over it, which I find super interesting because it makes a project fun. And when we got it, it had been originally designed as a conventional project, conventional build project. And our client said, you know what? We, we want to do this as a modular project. It's already entitled and approved as a conventional project, so it has to kind of look the same. So we redesigned it as a modular project and it's, we didn't just say, hey, we're going to build it. We, we essentially kind of scrapped it and started over. We kept the overall building shape the same, but we added all the discipline of a modular project to the design. It's a neat project. I'm super excited to get it up and get it occupied. And right now they're at the podium level so they've, they've done the the on-site concrete work and the modules are, are have just come out of the plant uh, that was actually the first uh those that was our first module project that came out of the audible plant hmm. and um, so now it's it's in the process of being installed so we're that's you know i, I have a whole laundry list of, of projects but i thought i think that's that's just kind of my current most interesting project i say and you know, you probably ask me next week, and I'll have a
0: different <laughs> one. That sounds really cool. Um, I hope that with uh, with the story behind it, that it started out as traditional, switched over to modular, sort of after the fact. That'd be a great case study if that's something you want to share with us. We could certainly put that on our website and make some make some noise about it. That sounds like a really cool project.
1: I'd be happy to do that. That's actually one of two sister projects that we've done that on, where it was a design and entitled project, and then our client said, "You know what? We want to do it as modular." And it's the smaller of the two. the larger one is actually in Oakland, and it's getting ready to be occupied right now. great. And um, again, very it's you know really trying to understand how the how to put uh, apply a disciplined approach to a design that maybe didn't have that discipline initially. And um, so yeah, I'd be happy to show you those case studies. Yeah, These please studies. do you find it very interesting.
0: Yeah, let us know when they're uh, ready. I'd, I'd love to see that. Switch gears again. You very much value creating relationships and collaborating on projects. Why is that so important to you? Well, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's a, also an interesting question. Um,
1: really, relationships are part of the DNA of AL. You know, we're, a, as an architect, we're a service provider. We don't build anything. We don't make anything. We're, we provide a service, a design service. And so we do, you know, relationships with our clients and with our consultant teams are very important to us. Uh, very rarely do we do a one-off project with a client or a consultant for that, for that uh, matter. Um, I always tell a client that our first project for them is going to be the toughest because we're learning them and they're learning us. And so if we've made it over that hump, um, then we've established a relationship with them. And once we have that relationship, again, with the client and the team, the next one's easier. They just, they just get a little simpler, even on a complicated project. Um, you know and we're all here you know we're all working but um, we all enjoy what we do and it's great when we're in a collaborative effort and our clients you can tell they have a passion for it mm-hmm. and it just makes a project so much interest more interesting to work on and so we, we cultivate our relationships very very dearly
0: are, are there any uh, tips or best practices that you follow for collaborating
1: Wow well um, with our clients, you know, a lot of it is, you know, um, just going, collaborating through the understanding the process. I'd say probably the, the, the more interesting tips would be maybe on the consultant side. For instance, when we're producing a project, we do everything and it's, it's all done in Revit, which is basically electronically modeling the project. Mm-hmm. And we host everything up on up on the cloud, BM 360. So our entire team is working collaboratively on this electronic model at the same time. And what we found is that effort because essentially we're creating a shop drawing to build these modules with. And if everybody is in tune and collaborating and, and working well together, we're gonna to have a successful project. And so it's, it's all about communication and collaboration to make sure that that works and to make sure that it comes out smoothly.
0: Speaking of collaborations and affordable housing, uh, I've heard that you're working on an idea with Horizon North, which is another MBI member of ours up in Canada. What can you tell me about that project?
1: Oh, that's a, It's actually a real fun project. It's, uh, it's really more of a case study project. Um, we've worked with, uh, with Reese Kane mm-hmm. and his team at Horizon North, um, and we've developed um, a project. We call it Teamod. And it's really based on something that they've done in Canada, where they are creating a, a temporary, um, uh, temporary transitional modular housing projects. And their projects in Canada are just spectacular. And so they they wanted to bring that that to, to to the states. And it's really it's again it's a very uh, it's, the intent is it's a temporary housing uh, solution that can be deployed very very quickly so they had already developed a lot of the technology we've worked with them to modify it to be to work with what we can do in the u.s and in california in particular and we then did a case study where we we've got a couple case studies but one that we published uh, where we compared um, this solution this rapid uh, deployment solution rapid response solution um, to a, a, a bridge program, a project in, in Hollywood, and that's where basically the, they took a as a for temporary housing solution they took a, a lot, and in that case they built a membrane structure essentially kind of a large tent, mm-hmm. and we understood the costs on that were published so we did a whole analysis on with our product if we you know what what the cost per unit would be with our project with our product type, and we would be providing really more. You know standard type of housing units, studio type of units but each one with their own you know own kitchen their own bathroom um, and it's but it could be rapidly deployed and it doesn't have to be there permanently it could be there for five years it could be there for ten years it could be there for a shorter amount of time it could be dismantled it could be moved to another location it has a temporary foundation system and so again we did the, the case study just really to understand could we could we supply the same number of units on a half acre site as the you know as the uh, as the membrane structure, and we were able to to basically provide many more almost double the amount of beds, um, but you know it's it's a more it's it's a more permanent solution than a, than a tent or membrane structure, um, and and we then also compared it to a traditional build and, and and kind of what it would take timing wise and cost wise on a per Per bed basis, so we've we're, we published that now. Um, we're getting a lot of interest in it, especially with what's going on in LA.
0: No, I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'm actually talking to Reese on on our next podcast. So I can't wait to, to get his perspective on that project. Uh, it sounds it sounds awesome. So it, uh, congrats it it's, to it's you guys for it's for we're,
1: we're we're very excited about it. And um, I can't see how any city that really is looking for you know, a more permanent solution than a membrane structure wouldn't be all over this because it's it's cost-effective and it provides something that's that's desperately needed today.
0: Absolutely. And you said you've published the the case study. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we published the case study. And uh, so it's it's there somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where, but it's it's there somewhere.
0: Well, we'll we'll find it. We'll uh, share a link to it. That sounds like something a lot of people need to read
1: yeah absolutely we're, we're very excited
0: about it uh, so so what advice would you give to another architect looking into modular design
1: well i've said it a couple of times but the very first thing is understanding that it's a disciplined approach mm-hmm. you, you have to be disciplined if, you, if you're not disciplined not going to happen um you know, really need to understand you know everything from the fact you know the factory constraints because you you know you need to have a, a basic understanding of the sizes that they that they can produce in a factory, how they do it, how those modules are configured on a uh, on a project to eliminate saw boxes, for instance. Understanding everything from how they how they're transported from the, from the factory because again that that dictates widths, how it is stored, how are they craned on the site. Craning is a super important uh, uh, component of this. Understanding where is the crane set, how, what are the lift points, where the, where are the, where are the modules um, brought on, uh, brought on site, and how far a crane can deploy a module onto the building. All those are super important. You know, under, getting a experienced consulting team on board, I can't say how important that it, it just you have to from all the engineers have to have. A, a very thorough understanding of it because it's just a different animal than a standard built project you know and it and and the modular you know the, the modular configuration certainly dictates the site planning layouts but also the you know what the building can look like um you know understanding how the vertical and the horizontal stitching occurs between the modular units mm-hmm. um all of those are i mean there's so much to learn i'd say you know it, you know walk as many projects, modular projects as you can, go visit the, the factories, because there's a, a, a lot, of, certainly a lot of information on the internet, and a lot of it's good, but there's no better way to learn it than walking one.
0: Well, thanks so much, RC. This was great. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I'd like to cur- encourage everyone to tune in next time. Uh, I'll be talking to Reese Kane at Horizon North and talking more about how modular design and construction can tackle the affordable housing crisis. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.